The wind was cold. It whipped the leggings about his skinny shanks, setting the trailing folds of his rabbit fur blanket fluttering about his feet. It cut through to the middles of his frail bones, making them twinge with pain. He barely noticed the pain or the chill, however. He had spent his entire life ignoring such matters, and the habit was so ingrained now that it took no effort. The sun was low atop the mesa across the canyon's width. Shadow filled the valley below the cliff on which he stood, and an eagle was circling, far beyond the range of his fogged vision. Yet he knew by the disturbance of the air and the feel of its living presence that it was there. His life had been spent in knowing such things. Even now, no living thing moved on or above or below the mesa that he did not recognize, note, and react to on some deep level of his being. He was not sensing the eagle, however, or listening to the deer stirring in the oaks of the middle way, set between the mesa top and the lowlands beneath the ship-like promontory. He looked down into the safe haven that his people had formed for themselves, sheltered snugly in the many visible crannies in the face of the cliff before him. When the Tsununi came, fierce after many victories over other tribes, they found, inevitably, that the Ahyatomdatsehe were no longer easy prey, trapped in their big stone towns atop the mesa. The battles fought there had taught his people something at last, and he had found the leverage to turn their old habits into new directions. It was the labor that gave meaning to his life. That thought filled him with satisfaction. Now he had turned his long years of duty over to the nephew he had trained for that. He had no old wife sitting beside his fire to comfort his age. No one would stand beside his body and sing the death song when he went to join his father's. He had none of the things that made age bearable, except for his memories, and they were wearing thin now. The sharp scent of juniper moved about him, intensified by the cold wind. Suddenly he felt light and young, as if he might be able to swoop out over the canyon as the swallows did in the freshness of a summer morning. He had moved with them all his life, his senses meshing with theirs as they raced through the canyon maze, seeing the flickers of firelight in the big town and the smaller groupings of dwellings and single houses built into cracks that seemed too small for anything but the nest of a swallow. In his mind, he saw in its entirety the complex of homes that he had caused his people to build into the walls of the mesa. He perched on a stone and stared as the sun halved itself on the horizon. It quartered itself, and then it was gone amid a field of softest gold and garnet. So many sunsets had played themselves out before his eyes. So many dawns, so many nights of moon or of blackness. The wind whipped more briskly through the canyon, riffling the fur on his blanket, Below his position, as the palest of glimmers, he could see a lip of stone thrusting out over the sheer drop into the valley. He recalled that stone with particular vividness. It reminded him of Ihyana, his wife. That brought a twinge to his heart. 
even after all the winters that had passed since she had sat there, singing. He was old, until the task of smelling the wind had passed to his successor, he had not really admitted that, or thought of it, but now he knew, throughout himself. He was old, and his usefulness was at an end. The vision that had been his had passed to the young, one who smelled the wind, and he could feel it draining away from his body and his spirit as each day passed.